Hi everyone, Boris here. Sorry for the quick interruption, but I have to tell you about some exciting new job openings that are added to the LogTechies job board. Have you heard of the LogTechies job board? LogTechies is the first hand-curated job board for the field of logistics technology. That's where I post the coolest LogTech jobs at those companies that I currently find the most interesting. Brand new to the board is Bex Technologies from Stuttgart, Germany. Bex is building a logistics platform for the construction industry that helps companies coordinate deliveries to construction sites. I've had CEO and co-founder Leonard Paul on the podcast before, and I know they're going places. Right now, they're hiring for a number of exciting roles, including a CFO, COO, and a head of logistics. Alaiko from Munich, Germany is another new addition to the LogTechies job board. Alaiko offers seamless e-commerce fulfillment for fast-rising online shops and e-commerce brands. The company raised $30 million in a Series A round earlier this year and is now on an ambitious growth trajectory. They are looking to fill a number of sales roles, for example, for junior as well as for seasoned professionals. You should definitely take a look at Alaiko's openings. Aside from Bex Technologies and Alaiko, you will also find exciting roles from TradeLink, Noise Technologies, FanRide, Sender and others. Please have a look and follow the board so you can stay updated on when new companies and jobs get added. You find the LogTechies job board at LogTechies.com. L-O-G-T-E-C-H-I-E-S.com. LogTechies.com. All right, and now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to The Logistics Tribe. I'm Boris Felgendreyer, founder of The Logistics Tribe, and today we have an episode that Marco Prügelmeier, the host of today's show, recorded in Dortmund, Germany at the IFOI Award 2021. IFOI stands for International Interlogistics and Forklift Truck of the Year. That's an independent organization with the mission to identify and recognize the year's best intralogistics products and solutions. Marco interviewed two guests at this event. Gordon Risky is the chairman of the executive board of the VDMA's Materials Handling Interlogistics Association. And he's also the CEO of Kion Group, one of the world's leading providers of forklift trucks, warehouse equipment and supply chain solutions, with more than 36,000 employees generating an annual revenue of over 8 billion euros, with iconic brands such as Linde Material Handling and Still. After the conversation with Gordon, Marco sat down with Wolfgang Hillinger, member of the managing board at DS Automotion, a globally operating systems provider and manufacturer of driverless transport systems based in Austria. So two bona fide experts in the fields of interlogistics and autonomous vehicles. Well, including Marco, make that three experts. Let's go. First up, Gordon Risky, and right after, Wolfgang Hillinger. Enjoy. Hi, Gordon. Welcome to the Logistics Tribe. Nice to have you here. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you are with the VDMA. That's for our listeners, the German Mechanical Engineering Industry Association. And we are here at the IFOI testing facilities. There is a mashup going on outside regarding the VDA 5050 standard. And uh, yeah, we can talk about all those issues uh, today with you. But to jump in to the, the newest technology trends. Uh, which technologies do you see as uh, the most important for the mechanical engineering industry overall? Yeah, good question. I, I never viewed our industry as mechanical <laughs> because everything we do has electronics and software in it. And uh, and perhaps that's the biggest change coming in the, in the years ahead is, you know, if I think of artificial intelligence, um, uh, digitalization, automation, there is not one 
particular trend that we have to face, all of these things are converging together to bring about products that are more competitive for the customers, easier to use, and in many cases with logistics, especially after the pandemic, that are touched by human hands as little as possible. Mm-hmm. So automation, autonomous products is exactly what's coming ahead. Uh, yeah, you mentioned converging technologies. That's kind of all the, the different technologies fitting in together, right, and playing together. So um, uh, that's an important issue. Uh, and where do you see the, the machinery suppliers? Where can they profit the most uh, out of those new trends and technologies? Well, I think for the machinery suppliers, the first very important thing to consider is we're in an industry that's growing. It's always good to be in industries that are growing rather than shrinking. Um, E-commerce will certainly continue to grow. Um, And if you have intelligent technology, software, new solutions, you can take things like a distribution center and increase the throughput. You could make your customer much more efficient with intelligent products. And so the customer and we as uh, suppliers uh, will will both benefit. Uh, you could call it the, the classical win-win situation. Yeah, you mentioned the, the e-commerce booming now, uh, also definitely also connected to the COVID situation right now. But if we are taking a closer look at the logistics industry overall, uh, as we are here at the, the IFOI award, uh, where do you see the biggest uh, uh, changes in logistics in the future? Well, customer pressure, <laughs> competition but customer pressure is increasing everyone has to optimize somehow their production footprint their their logistics their processes within um, within their business setup and so automation digitalization is a a big change coming from you know many companies you said it before are mechanical and maybe think too much mechanical we have to get behind um, the curve uh, to make sure that we are up to the standards for automation, digitalization, because that will really change our industry. What is the role of standardization in this game? Obviously, VDA 5050 is a standard that is or could be very important in the future for logistics uh, companies. So um, where do you see that role playing of of standardization? Well, to me, I I was also in VDA Standards Association and, and prior experiences with the VDMA. Um, and you see what China and U.S. are trying to do in setting standards. Standards are truly an enabler. Um, and, and even, and you see here on the IFOA f- uh, floor, you'll see, you know, the VDA5050 standard being used. And what does it allow? It allows different pieces of equipment, different products from different suppliers from different countries to operate together. So inoperability together to communicate together. And if it's easier for the customer then to use in a common interface that will increase the volumes it will increase the acceptance of customers using this type of equipment and, and to me it's also a, you know a, a prerequisite for things like industry 4.0 mm-hmm. if everybody small company tries to make their own standard we will never have volumes to make any sense mm-hmm. do you see this uh, standard maybe if you take the vda 5050 standard could this possibly set a new common way for robotics and logistics or even beyond uh, and beyond germany uh, so that other countries are adapting it well that's certainly the aspiration it should be our aspiration to make sure that it is a standard that is accepted worldwide and if you think of 
What's happened, especially uh, many of the engineering standards in Germany, whether it's the VDI uh, standard, the ISO standards for safety and machine equipment, those have been adopted in long discussions, mm -hmm. but have been adopted globally and have enabled many, many companies start to participate on a more equal level playing field. And so I think that standards, this one particular, could really give a boost to the automation industry. And in, in other countries also. So you Absolutely, uh, to other countries yeah? and, and hopefully uh, on a more global basis. Okay, yeah, because that would be excellent so that all the robots uh, on the shop floor could, could uh, basically talk to each other and exactly. interact. And yeah. it doesn't matter if they are from, from China or, or from Europe or from, from the US. Um, so that would be uh, a big benefit, I guess, for, for all the customers. Uh, if I'm thinking about innovations, Gordon, I'm, I'm always, uh, I don't know why, but I always have the, the sustainability aspect uh, in my mind. And, and that's why I wanted to ask what, uh, what kind of role plays sustainability for the VDMA and, and what kind of projects are uh, ongoing there? Well, I think it's... Uh You know, front and center, despite pandemic and every, everybody thinking of different things, um, my view is sustainability should be at the center piece of not just the VDMA, but of all companies and all consumers. Um, because if you don't have a you know, sustainable platform going forward, energy efficient systems, um, <clears throat> an environment that works, that's safe for everyone, is also a prerequisite for any company to succeed, for any society to grow. Um, I think at our own company, you know, most of the products we do are electrically driven with um, hydrogen fuel cells using emissions-free energy. Uh, and all companies have to find a way to completely remove their carbon footprint in the years to come. Um, as we are here at the IFOI Award, um, just for our listeners here again, the, the IFOI Award is the International Intralogistics Forklift of the Year Award. Uh, so it has to do with, with innovations, of course. Um, so, Gordon, what, what did you like this year so far uh, from what you have seen from the IFOI uh, regarding the award itself? How important is such an award for uh, all the industry, in, in your opinion? Well, industries um, have faces and it's humans at the end. Mm. Uh, and every um, industry and association, but... Um, You know, our industry needs some showcases and the IFOI awards and, and the test uh, procedures that we're doing, the test days, test camp, etc., are important events as showcases for the industry to get more knowledge, uh, to connect to each other. This is one of the few B2B uh, places you can be this year for actually testing equipment, uh, thanks to a, a good hygiene concept. But, you know, I believe it's very important. And it's also the obligation of the VDMA to provide um, showcases for our industry. Gordon, one question that I ask uh, everybody on the podcast, of course, because I'm an innovation guy and um, I'm looking always into the future. Um, what is your view on the, on the future of logistics? Let, let's say if we take 2030 as a, as a time frame, how is logistics uh, going to look like in the future from your perspective? Well, first of all, 2030 is not so far away. Yeah. And in my view, uh, the prospects are fantastic. Mm -hmm. As I said, it's a growing industry. It's an innovative industry. And it's a key industry for 
sustaining, delivering things, goods and services to everywhere, to humans all over the place. Yeah. So you also have a, you know, a very solid purpose behind it. Yeah. Technologically, I would say the, the innovation and in, um, you know, digital technologies, um, the, the dream of some of our customers to have a warehouse without lights on, running fully automatically, we will get very close to in this time to 2030. I'm very confident really? of that. Okay. Do you think that really the lights will be turned off by then? Or If I think of a large warehouse today um, and the difficulty in getting um, labor and the difficulty on some of these mm. jobs, I just think of some of our big customers and the picking operations that these people go through, it's uh, very difficult to sustain the promise to the customer under those conditions. So the drive for clean, efficient automation will continue. And at some point, we will have solved the problem with sensors, with interoperability, see our standard for mm -hmm. VDA 5050, for a warehouse, a large warehouse, to run basically in the dark. That's amazing that, that you see it already there. And um, I like that view. And... Um As you are not only part of the, the VDMA, but you're also the CEO of the Kion Group, I just have to ask you the question, uh, what are your future plans in the Kion Group? Is there anything that you can tell our audience already at that point? Well, at, at Kion, you know, we, we strive, we have actually one simple vision, and that is to understand our customers' material handling needs better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And if we understand them, then to provide the, the right solution, not the best, not the technically the best, just the right one that makes some more sense. And so if I, you know, if I look at some of our things that we've done in the past, you know, our forklift trucks now, all IoT capable, so a connected forklift. Mm -hmm. Five years ago, probably wouldn't have thought so much about it. But a forklift that talks to the network. Um, if you look outside here, you see a product, the iGoNeo, basically an autonomous helper because it actually walks or drives with the person. If the person mm -hmm. stops, it stops. So it, it works hand in hand. The one that does follow the exactly. person. Exactly, it follows yeah. the person. Uh, it knows when somebody's there. It, you know, it has sensors to, to maintain the safety, but it's an assisted product that makes life easier for this very tedious job or if i look at our automation systems thematic the multi shuttle 2 or the you know the ability to scan you know 400 boxes per minute through a distribution center a sortation system those are amazing technologies and they all require software mm -hmm. they all require digitalization a high degree of automation so your first comment Mechanical, mm -hmm. I would say we're mechanical software, very integrated with all the new technologies in our industry. So is the Kion Group striving towards a, a, a digital business and becoming more and more uh, a software company? Or is there still the, the, the core of the mechanical uh, behind that? Our core is to listen to customers and understand. And that drives us to become much more of a software company than we ever thought we would be. All right. Yeah, that's a, a great statement. Uh, thank you very much, Gordon. Thank you for uh, being on the show here. Thank you for asking me, and it's a pleasure to speak.
All right, that was Gordon Risky, CEO of Kion Group. Please stay tuned because next up is Marco's conversation with Wolfgang Hillinger from Dears Automotion. Let's go. Hi Wolfgang, welcome to the Logistics Tribe. Hi Marco, thanks for inviting me to this talk. Uh, Wolfgang, you are the CEO of DS Automotion. Could you tell us a little bit more about your company and, and what you are doing? Yeah, DS Automotion is a global uh, HEV and EMR supplier. Uh, we are acting since uh, more than 35 years in this business. And our main business is of course in the automotive, in the interlogistics and in the hospital industry. Industry. So we are one of the HEV suppliers who develops and build their system by themselves. That means when we talk about navigation technology, fleet control systems, uh, it's a very important core competence uh, which is in our house uh, and therefore we are very proud. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, it is one of our main benefits of uh, DS Automotion. So you're doing most of the part by your own, in your own company, so... Exactly. Okay. Wolfgang, but you are not only the CEO of DS Automation, you are also um, you're playing a role uh, within the VDMA, the, the German Mechanical Engineering Industry Association. Is that right? That's correct. Hmm? That's correct. I'm also member of the board of the VDMA department for uh, HEV uh, solutions. And I think here uh, in Dortmund, uh, the, when you look at the HEV mashup, uh, the HEV mashup is more or less the first test application where we show our jointly developed uh, interface development between VDA and VDMA 50-50. Uh, It's the first test where different vehicle supplier and manufacturer are managed uh, under one central fleet manager. Uh, I think many manufacturers are a member of the VDMA, like DS Automotion. And all of us, we have uh, developed together this new interface. And this gives us the opportunity that we can run under one fleet manager. Mm -hmm. But means on the other way around, I think all of the, them are able to, to manage other HEVs Uh, from uh, from this uh, uh, group under their own fleet mm -hmm. control manager. That means there's not only one fleet manager uh, who um, fits to this development. I think mm -hmm. most of the companies who joined in this development, uh, they are able to manage this system. Yeah, and that's a very important thing that you mentioned there, because now it's going to be possible Uh, that multiple different AMRs and AGVs are driving in one factory, right? And, and can actually basically understand each other and, and navigate together. Yeah? And we were just joking outside on, in the test area that it looks a little, little bit like robo-wars, but <laughs> it's not a war, a robo-war, it's a friendly robo-war out <laughs> there. Yeah? yeah, exactly. I think uh, it shows... Uh, that uh, all of us, uh, we are working together uh, for one goal in, in, in this development. And I think uh, this is uh, one of the, the great success story in this development. So you see here, different vendors are working together with all the same spirit mm -hmm. uh, and the same goal. And you see there is no big secrets between these companies. They are talking to each other, they help 
the other ones talking mm -hmm. about how they do this and that. So it's an inspiration for all of them. And yeah, I think it's a great story here, mm -hmm. as you can see. Um, and coming back to your intro where you said that you are actually doing a, a great chunk of your work uh, within DS Automotion. And uh, you also have your own fleet manager, which is Navios. Uh, how do you see that interconnected to the VDA 50-50? Do you see that the VDA 50-50 is a risk for your own fleet manager? Or do you see it as an opportunity um, to... to <laughs> Yeah, to, to get and make the world of the robots more important and, and more connected? I think there are more or less two answers. Let's say uh, from the perspective of the VDMA, I think you will see different answers. Mm -hmm. I think because each of their supplier, they see this topic a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, for us as DS Automotion, we are acting globally. And of course, we are also one global partner for the automotive industry. So what we highly appreciate is more or less global standards. Mm -hmm. So we like standards because that means for us it's more or less a kind of risk management. We know exactly what are the requirements uh, on the customer side. And at the end of the day, it means we need less resources during the integration. And of course, we can deliver the highest quality. And I think uh, when we started the journey of this development of the interface, I think uh, all of us, it was clear that at the end of the day, we will see different fleet control managers in, at our customers, at the big OEMs like uh, Audi, Daimler mm -hmm. and, and Volkswagen. And, uh, and therefore it was not a big surprise. And, and I think... Uh, If customers are really asking uh, in some projects and they would like to provide their own fleet control manager, I think it's up to everybody if they join or if they will not join in, in this uh, situation. Uh, I think it's, it's also for us, it's not a clear answer, yes or no, because it's in some cases it's, it's depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. It's also depending on, on the vehicle designs and requirements. And I don't see a big conflict with our own uh, fleet manager because uh, I think, um, first of all, automotive industry is not the only industry we deliver. But I think um, I like the, the challenging part in such kind of discussions because mm -hmm. I'm expecting the new fleet managers, they need to catch up some experience and some developments, mm -hmm. what we have done in the last couple of years. And on the other hand, I think our and other ones, uh, we have to develop our fleet controls furthermore. And at the end of the day, I think uh, it, it's our aim that we provide the same system and maybe a better one. Yeah, I have to admit, when I ca came in this morning and saw the, the arena there and the robots are uh, all navigating on, on one uh, common area, uh, I was a little bit proud because uh, back then when I was still working for BMW and uh, we started uh, this journey, I think four years ago, uh, with the VDA and then together with the VDMA, 
Uh, we didn't know uh, where it would lead us and, and how many would participate actually. And uh, But now we see it's uh, it's kind of working and um, yeah, you can see the, the robots uh, driving on the field. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a good step. Wolfgang, do you think that this could be actually uh, a model for also other countries than other than Germany or maybe for for the world yeah, to, to uh, the, so that the robots work uh, can work together because we were discussing this just previously in uh, our interview with, with Gordon Riske also the, the CEO of Kion Group uh, and he mentioned that he, he sees a big potential in the uh, VDA 50-50 standard how do you see it? I would say at the moment when, when you talk for example with General Motors or Ford in the United States They don't care about this VDA or VDMA 50-50 uh, at this moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but on the other hand, if you talk to the big tier one and tier two supplier, which are acting globally mm -hmm. and also in Europe, uh, for these uh, customers, the VDA 50-50 is a topic. So from my point of view, uh, the VDA 50-50, if it's a real success story, it can get a global standard. Mm -hmm. If other countries are defining a, a different way or, or interface or, or system, I don't know. Uh, but I guess if they have the same requirements or idea, I'm expecting it will be the same system or solution what yeah. we developed. Or a close outcome, close by, so that it yeah. will uh, uh, basically yeah evolve a, a common standard uh, at the end of the day mm -hmm. very interesting um, and another question would be um, DS Automotion is also probably more coming from a, a project driven customer relation yeah? and, and this was the traditional way to introduce AGV systems as a project and uh, now Maybe in the future, not even yet, no? in the future, it could be possible that uh, you connect your, your robot, your AMR, uh, like you do connect your iPhone to, <laughs> to the Wi-Fi today at home. If this happens, then uh, yeah, the, the industry could quite uh, uh, get some change. What do you see there? See there? Uh, do, do you see that coming or uh, is this still really far away outlook that I'm giving here? <laughs> yeah, first of all, I think, uh, yes, we, DS Automotion, we are coming from the same business uh, like the other well-established HEV supplier. So it started in the automotive industry mm -hmm. and a lot of them are requesting uh, many customized HEV applications and they are still mm -hmm. uh, looking for them. But of course, in the last 10 years, I would say there's a big change and the product development uh, is raising up also in our company so especially in the interlogistics area your question uh, about plug and play installation i think uh, of course it's a little bit looking into the future and i would not say it's, it's a clear answer yes or no but uh, some products like for example the small hevs or amr mm -hmm. uh, it might work maybe in the future because the concepts, the navigation, the controls, uh, architectures, uh, it goes into this direction. Uh, I would say high sophisticated 
HEV applications uh, with uh, complex load handling applications, stuff like this. I think it will never be a typical plug and play installation. Mm. So, so there will always be a, a project part with yeah. it, with the more complicated. Uh, exactly. So I'm, I'm expecting for different vendors, they will find different market mm -hmm. where they do their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sounds reasonable. Um, regarding the market, the AGV or R AMR market, let's focus on the, the AMR market because I also remember that when we started uh, like six, eight years ago, a lot of new players are now out on uh, on the market with uh, AMR, pure AMR solutions like uh, Agilox also from, from Austria. How do you see that tendency there and this development? I would say welcome in the world of AGVs and AMR. I think it's a, it's a fast growing and fast changing mm -hmm. business. Uh, and if you don't keep your eyes always open in terms of new technology, new features, I think, uh, and if you can deliver state-of-the-art technology, I think you will run into big troubles. So that, that means for each supplier, you always need a lot of research and development budgets every year to can deliver this technology. So you mentioned Agilox. I think, of course, Agilox, it's a, it's a competitor for us, but it's not a big competitor because they are acting in, in, in the different areas. But they have nice applications, nice solutions. And I would say that gives us uh, new inspiration uh, for new developments. So, and, and that's what it is. I think you have to look into the market, see what the other ones are doing and see how the developments are going on. Why are they all coming from Austria? What do you have there in Austria? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from Austria. No, I think uh, in Austria, of course, uh, maybe if you noticed a lot of interlogistics companies like DGW, uh, Knapp, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, SSI Knapp, right. also started yeah. in, in Austria. So that means there is a, there's a long history in mm -hmm. the interlogistics. And I think... Uh, in the interlogistics, there's also a big change uh, from this stationary conveying system also to flexible systems. And therefore, I would say it's a, it's a good area. And I would say in Austria and in Germany, it's more or less education-wise, it's the same. So you find good, motivated yeah. and educated people. Mm -hmm. And therefore, maybe that's the reason. Okay. How do you see the development that uh, also former customers like BMW and my former company, uh, that they st are starting to entering the, the AMR market. How do you see that? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Mm -hmm. It's funny because <laughs> in some cases now we are uh, in, in competition mm -hmm. and I hope it will be a fair game because otherwise I think it's, it's not so, so easy for us uh, how we deal Mm -hmm. with companies like BMW in the in the future. But on the other hand, I think uh, the EGV market in the world, it, it is big enough. So, and I think at the moment, I have no concerns that we have less or too less business yeah. in the future. Yeah, you're right. The, the, the growth uh, numbers uh, by year for the AMR market, they yes. are probably way beyond 30% per year. So uh, there should be a lot of room <laughs> for multiple <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. competitors uh, from Austria and from <laughs> other parts of the world, right? 
Wolfgang, coming back uh, and, and taking a closer look at the logistics, because we are here at the, at the IFORI Award, um, where do you see the, the biggest changes with all the new technologies, not only on the AMR sector, uh, for logistics? And, and how will the logistics of the future will look like in, in your mind? Huh? <laughs> I would say that the biggest changes are in the area of the autonomous uh, navigation. I think uh, the AMR uh, suppliers, uh, they came up with this new technology. And I think uh, for us, yeah, we have uh, to catch up and we also did uh, all these uh, developments. And now we, we bring this kind of technology into our products. So that, that means we, we make a combination of our well-established technology, the new technology. Let's say we, we put uh, from every world the best together and make a, a better uh, product and solution. So this is what I'm expect. And what does that mean or where does it go uh, regarding the um, fleet managing systems? Where do you see this trend go? Um, is it all moving to the cloud? Uh, is it all moving to a standardized uh, VDA 50-50 or uh, whatever standard that is that is jumping in there? Is it moving towards real-time digital twins and always having a look at your current uh, real-time factory uh, and shop floor? Will it more and more be AI-powered uh, with AI features? Where, where do the fleet manager move towards? Yeah, it's not so easy <laughs> to answer. I think uh, the, the topic about uh, fleet control in the cloud, uh, there are a lot of discussions and uh, I would say a lot of uh, pros and, and cons. I think uh, everybody keep his eyes on, on the discussions on, on the developments. So, And I guess the fleet control, from my point of view, it's not the, the main topic. Either it runs on a server-based system or in, in a cloud system. What I see, the AI uh, technology is, is raising up. Mm. So this is more or less the next level uh, for our autonomous uh, navigation in the HEVs and AMRs. And there are new sensors and a new vision technology is, is coming up and maybe in that kind of applications. Uh, we need uh, some more support maybe in terms of 5G technology mm -hmm. uh, and also maybe some cloud technology because then some high performance uh, algorithm will run in, in, in that area. Uh, because so otherwise not, not on the edge anymore, exactly. but in the cloud. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Otherwise we need some high performance processors mm -hmm. in, the, in the HEVs. Uh, which makes no sense. So yeah, there's a lot of topics are, mm -hmm. are going on. So, and you see, there's it's a very interesting time and uh, a lot of developments. Mm -hmm. Do you have any specific uh, new sensors that you were talking about? New sensors. Do Do you have any examples for that? What is new and also for the AI integration? Um, what kind of features do you see um, uh, on the horizon there? Yeah, I think uh, the AI goes more or less in these in this vision uh, systems. Mm -hmm. So that means that we detect, that we see uh, situations and based on the situations we decide right. what we will mm -hmm. do. So that means also to avoid or uh, passing by mm -hmm. uh, some uh, 
obstacles, uh, but also to detect areas which are loaded or unloaded. Uh, I think it goes more or less that the customer places his pellet somewhere and we detect and find, see, mm -hmm. and pick up. Okay, so, so the robot finds his pellet exactly. uh, by himself. Yeah. Okay. I think we had this pellet finding, I think, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, but with, with the other uh, other technology, mm -hmm. let's say in that way. Now and it's it, much easier. Uh, now it's much easier, mm -hmm. and and I'm expecting this is more or less the next level mm -hmm. of autonomous. Mm -hmm. And from the sensor side, do you have any examples there for new sensors that are uh, coming onto the market? Not really. I would say DS Automotion, and expecting also most of the EGV supplier or EMR suppliers. Uh, sensors, it's uh, I wouldn't say it's commodity, but it's it's not. It should not be the core competence of an HEV supplier uh, that he develops his own sensors. Because if you develop his your own sensors, I think it's always it cannot mm. be cost uh, positive. It's always negative. So yeah, true. Well, thank you, Wolfgang, for sharing your insights with us, with the Logistics Tribe. And uh, thank you for being on the show. Markus, thank you for inviting me. And it was a pleasure. All right. That was the Logistics Tribe podcast episode with Gordon Risky and Wolfgang Hillinger. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Please make sure you subscribe to the Logistics Tribe podcast so you don't miss any of the future episodes. There are some really exciting guests coming. I'm Boris Fergentreer. Until next time.